Hello, everybody. I'm so glad you joined me. You are listening to Frequency Check with Dr. Lacey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Frequency Check with Dr. Lacey. It has been extremely an honor to come to you every episode to share with you some of my thoughts, some of my expertise, some of my struggles here. However, comma, I work like four different jobs. I have like responsibilities. Yet and still, I'm committed to this process and have enjoyed coming to you over the podcast airways. And so here we are yet again. So what shall to be part of this podcast with me? We're just trying to get our schedules right. And of course, uh, keep it in mind, the physical distance because of coronavirus and the numbers are going up. So I implore you, please, by all means, do not get comfortable and um, not continue to practice good hygiene. Uh, We don't want anyone to uh, get ill in these last and evil days. Um, So today I want to talk about, I don't know what to call this, but I was sitting, finishing up some projects for my day job. And I just thought about the fact that there are so many opportunities that we miss. I am noted to say to anybody that I mentor, even to the folks that I pastor, I say to them often, do not allow God to open a door on your behalf and you are not in position to walk through it. What do I mean by that? What I mean is that there are opportunities that present themselves to us. However, if we have not focused, if we've not prepared diligently, um, if we've not accessed information, a lot of times those opportunities go right past us because we're not prepared. One of the great examples that I can remember is a an entrepreneur who continue to talk to talk about, you know, I want to do this with my business and this is my plan. This is my plan. And it was a lot of talk. One day, this individual was at a restaurant and happened to sit by a millionaire who began to ask about what their goals were, their aspirations. And so this person said, well, listen, I want to start this business, A, B and C. From that conversation, this millionaire comes and says, well, send me your business plan. Hmm. <laughs> And do you know that this person who had been counseled and warned multiple times, write your business plan down, write it. One of the things about writing your vision or your plan or your goals down is that you become accountable to your own words. And I also say, speak them out because our faith or the belief that we can um, succeed in something comes by what we hear. What better way to hear it than from our own voice? It's almost like speaking this positivity out into the world and creating the image for what we want. So we're presenting those things that are not as though it always exists, right? And so this individual did not have their business plan written. And it took so long that the the millionaire was no longer interested in investing. And this person really was about to invest in this other, this entrepreneur's business. So I was sitting here and I was thinking how often opportunities present themselves and because we've not done the work. Go ahead, say it out loud to yourself. It's time for me to do the work. We can have as many vision and dreams and aspirations 
I mean, they'll come. If you if you can dream, you can imagine. But it's it's just what you're saying. It's a thought <laughs> because there is no planning behind it. And so what I find in so many people um, uh, whose paths I cross on a day-to-day basis is, is the lack of work ethics. You know, if you're going to work for someone else between the hours of 8 and 5, 8 and 6, then you also need to give yourself an hour, two hours or three hours to work on your goals. You're asked, even if it's just, I want a better attitude, how are you putting information into yourself? What are you accessing? What kind of frequency, you know, are you listening to? What things have your attention? That's what I said. A lot of things, um, we allow to distract us and it has our attention and it keep us from actually um, going in and doing the work to be a better person. I mean, come on, coronavirus has had us all um, kind of quarantined <laughs> or we've been isolated within our homes. And this is a great opportunity. There are so many certifications um, that are out there and more that have been released because, you know, everybody is being innovative in order to um, get, you know, customers. And so these universities and these institutes um, and these learning centers are really, really putting out quality certification that will allow an individual access to education and professional development that they would have not have had beforehand. Second of all, <laughs> most of us wouldn't have had the time to commit to such certification. So here we have this opportunity to, um, I guess a lot of people may have flexible schedules. Now I will say just because you're working from home does not mean you have extra time. I know that firsthand because I can go from 7.30 a.m. in the morning until, you know, seven, I try to, I really do, um, my heart's desires for me to be done by 8 PM is like the last, that's not going to happen. Um, and that's just so that I can go to my other responsibilities, (laughs) but I understand that just because you, um, are, are working, um, from home teleworking or whatever you want to call it does not necessarily mean that you have flexible time. What, what I am saying is that these institutions, these universities have created a learning platform that is very flexible for the time. And so when you have these opportunities, I believe it is imperative for you to, for once, for once prioritize yourself. What have you done to invest in your future? And I'm not talking about, you know, putting money aside. That is wisdom. I get it. If you cannot invest in yourself, but you can invest in things, then I think you're missing the point. What you cannot, you cannot um, take away the knowledge that someone obtains from education. You can't come in my brain and just take it. I mean, of course, I know there's technology out there to wipe away memories, etc. I'm just saying when you invest in knowledge, you invest in a lifetime. Um, it's a lifetime investment. You know, you're investing in knowledge. That is something that will always be with you and something that you can pass down to the next generation. I'm saying to you, find these moments, find these 
Um, and it's, and it might not be, you know, philosophical educational opportunities. It could be learning a trade. They have, uh, what is it called? Um, continuing education classes in most community colleges and technical colleges. You can go and learn how to decorate cakes and from that create a cake business on the side. Or you can learn a different language. You can learn sign language. We don't have enough people who are diverse in their efforts for communication. So what have you done? So why am I on this? I was sitting and thinking and I said to myself, you know, God has allowed me and I say God because that's who I believe in. God has allowed me opportunities and I realize that I, I have grace and favor on my life. Number one, I also realize that I am absolutely nothing without God, period. I'm just I'm just me. And so I attribute any success to the ability for me to kind of walk in this place of obedience and humble submission to the will of God for my life, you know, divine destiny, all of those things. So, you know, I've been granted these great opportunities and I was just sitting and I was thinking and I'm like, wow, God, thank you that I obeyed this unction and this nudging. I call it the voice of God, the spirit of God that really compelled me to go and seek after certain qualification, whether it was another degree. I mean, even the whole course of how I was able to successfully complete my degrees, just the way that all of it happened was really um, what I believe to be God ordained. But most importantly, I'm saying, you know, thank, I'm thankful that I took the initiative to actually respond and not just sit and let there be the possibility of, or I would like to, and I never acted on it. So many of us, we have great potential, but we do not maximize it because we actually are lazy. Get up, get up, get up, get up. You're lazy. You know, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not calling you a name, but that's just you know, an action, you are not putting in the work and it's not being tired. It's not being overwhelmed because we do what we want to do and we put money into what we want to put money in, but we're lazy. We do not take the time to consider 10 years from now or five years from now, or for me, a couple of months, then things just started turning. So when these doors begin to open, you and I must be positioned to be able to walk through it. I mean, it, it's a bad feeling. I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, imagine, you know, you being right. I remember, I can't remember. So yeah, it was Benny Hinn. And I remember me and my my boyfriend at the time, now my husband, me and my fiance, and it was a it was it was a couple of friends of ours from the university. We traveled to Charlotte, North Carolina to be um a part of this crusade that Benny Hinn was having. And, you know, we left really early, even though we were hashtag kind of late because of, you know, someone that was going with us, you know, but we still left really early. And we were we were in this huge line, this long line for I want to say like two or three, maybe three hours. We were there very, very early. And I lie to you all not that door opened and we were at the door. (laughs) We were at the door and they had to close the door because they met capacity. We were literally at the door getting ready to walk in. So imagine the frustration. We planned for weeks. We were in college, so we gassed up the car. 
we had a two hour drive. So we left extremely early um, to be there. I think the event started like at five and we got there like at, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon. And then we stood in line, all, all of us. And to get right at the door and could not get in was so frustrating. And I remember walking away from that and I said to my husband, boyfriend at the time, I was like, we're coming by ourselves the next time. We're not going to offer this to anybody else because um, had we been like, you know, 20 minutes earlier or an hour earlier, we would have made it in. So it was really frustrating. So I'm saying to you, it is very frustrating to have someone or something or an opportunity present itself and you're just not prepared. The other thing I wanted to say is everything is not for everybody. Everything is not for everybody. I know that someone told you you could do whatever you put your mind to. And I believe that in part, okay? Because I always struggle. <laughs> I've always struggled with that quote or that idea because I, so I'm a music person. For those who don't know me personally, I sing. Um, I just don't sing. I come from a line of singers. So I sing very well. And that's not tooting my horn. That's just explaining what I'm about to say. So there's this idea that says you can do whatever you put your mind to yet. And I was a choir director. So I used to direct these hundred voice choirs, hundred plus voice choirs. Um, and so I did that from high school until I think I had my first child. And then I did a little bit after that, but not much anymore. Anyway, so... <laughs> But 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 people would come and they couldn't sing, like literally couldn't hold a tune, couldn't even stay between the notes. I couldn't put them by a strong singer to get them to blend. And it would frustrate me because, you know, anytime somebody else didn't fit into these, you know, you know, I have been, I've been on a little tangent about that. These modes, you know, these titles in church, they will say, well, go to the choir. Um, and this was pre auditioning because y'all know the churches today. Y'all be auditioning. So. You know, you be auditioning and there's nothing wrong with that. I just think there's a place for everybody. Now, one of the things that I will say is I if you want to be on a choir, we're going to find a way to blend you. But you shall not not be near the mic. <laughs> so anyway, but it will always frustrate me because it will be people who, who really, really believe that they could sing and they could not. Not even a little bit, you know, just. And it will be frustrating for, for any musician, a choir director, or um, whoever was over the Ministry of Music to really have to kind of adjust it, uh, for, especially if they had a strong voice. You know, like some people are loud, but they're real wrong. So that, that really always was a problem since I was younger. You know, like everybody cannot do whatever they can if they put their minds to it. I don't believe it. And I, I felt wrong for thinking that way because it, it was against what everybody else was saying. They were really saying, you know, you can do whatever you put your mind to do. And it was motivation. I get it. But I struggled with that for many years. And it wasn't until my mid thirties that I actually came across the Gallup strength assessment. It was the Gallup strength finders book. Um, and uh, it's Clifton Gallup's Strength Finder. And I read that book in the first like three pages. I was like, amen and God bless you. Because it basically said, no, find the area in which you are strong and then push in on that. 
continue to basically is saying, find your areas of strength and keep unpacking those places for you. Keep looking and digging into those strengths so that you can ultimately be the best at what you can be, not whatever you desire. And so I want to say to you, and I want to correct your frequency and let you know that if you have an area that you find that you're strong in, I'm not saying don't stretch yourselves because sometimes we are have we have that whole spirit of laziness and we refuse to stretch ourselves. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm particularly talking about is our ability to find our strength and do something with it. Push into it. Do not be afraid to adjust, readjust, but but ultimately You've got to be prepared. You cannot allow opportunities to come and go and you continue in this cycle of, oh, I didn't know or I didn't have the degree or I wasn't aware. You can have it all, but you must prepare and you must believe in yourself. You have to believe in your potential. The problem that happens is that most of us uh, choose to have others validate who we are and we don't believe in, in our maximum potential. Therefore, we don't try. We don't add opportunities. We don't add initiatives. You know, try something new. Like I said um, a couple of weeks ago, I was I was doing a sermon and I made a statement of, you know, I don't bake because I, I, I did not bake cake from scratch because, and I will say it for many years, I don't like to follow directions. It's just take too much time. Well, that particular Sunday when I finished, I was just like, girl, you 40 plus years old and you're still saying the same thing. So it's time for you to make a different decision. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to bake a cake. And so I was on this mission and I had to do it the next day. I was so determined because I'm the type of person that if I don't do it when it's in my heart, then I can think myself out of anything. And so I called my sister, who is a wonderful, wonderful baker. And I was like, Amanda, you have got to do A, B and C. Like I need your, you know, your recipe and everything. She said, okay, it's a date. Let's do it tomorrow. We're going to FaceTime each other and I'm going to walk you through it. I was so excited and nervous. I had to stretch myself and I had to give myself enough time, meaning I planned everything around me learning how to bake this red velvet cake. It didn't help. It helped as well that I spent a lot of money every weekend on slices of red velvet cake. So um, it just it was it was best for me to learn how to make it. I'm still I'm still um, getting into the place where it's exactly what I want. But I I'm so happy that I stretch myself for so many years. I've said I don't bake because I don't I just don't want to follow instructions. Um, but here is the thing. Not only did I plan time to spend with my sister um, the whole evening. I mean, it was after we had a 5.30 date and we were going to start baking this cake. So I made sure I was completed and done for the day, you know, logged out, you know, food was already cooked. I was making sure everything was set because I wanted to build on this 
capacity. I know I can do it. My mama bake, my sisters bake. I just don't bake. But not only that, I had to actually invest in um, utensils and equipment. Y'all, I didn't have, I did have, um, what is the, the mixer, the big old KitchenAid? I brought that like three and a half, three years ago because I said it back then, I'm going to learn how to bake. I'm going to invest time. And then I went, well, for almost four years. And then I went to law school and I was saying, oh, that's going to be my hobby. Mm -mm, didn't happen. Like I never used it one time at all after three, almost four years. My husband uses it and the girls use it, but not, not me. But I didn't have normal utensils. I didn't have measuring spoons. I didn't know. <laughs> Bless my heart. I didn't know there was a difference between a measuring cup and a measuring spoon. And I didn't know that the measuring cup was for liquid ingredients and the measuring spoon was for um, dry ingredients until my sister told me this is the truth. I did not know. And so it was really kind of frustrating because I was like, well, I don't have that. And she said, well, you're going to need, first of all, she said the ingredients. So I was like, that's cool. You know, I can order the groceries. They'll be here. You know, I can order the groceries while I'm in a meeting and then it'll be here before 530. And then she said, well, you need a mixing bowl and then you need um, a strainer. You know, I was like, you know, like what you put spaghetti in. She was got girl. No, and she was laughing. Um, but I had to purchase like a lot of kitchen appliances to do this cake, but I did it. I invested the money and the time and I let someone who knew to teach me. I didn't get frustrated when she was like, girl, no, do it like this. I, she was, she's been doing it for many years. I wanted to learn what she had, even when she, you know, was hard on me and was like, no, start over, put it back in the bag and start over. I couldn't get frustrated from the correction because I want to be prepared for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I'm saying to you that when you prepare and when you give yourself the permission to grow in your strength and to invest in your own knowledge when those doors are opened, you can walk across them and you could be confident. You could be confident that I'm ready. Now, sometimes you have what's called the imposter syndrome that says, I, I can't measure up. I deal with that sometimes, you know. I already told y'all I'm from South Carolina and sometimes this dialect come out and it's not just a dialect. Like we completely say sentences backwards sometimes. Um, or we put, you know, words in different places. Now, everybody down south, we get it. We understand each other. But um, when you're in a, um, a discipline like me, your your uh, articulation is it speaks about who you are. So I work very hard. Um, I'm not trying to change my dialect or anything like that, but I want to be grammatically correct. And so sometimes when these doors open, I'm thinking, no, you sure is, you know, and that's us. We, we, we just, we're our worst critic, but I want you to decide after you hear this podcast that you're going to be your biggest cheerleader. You don't need anyone else to stir you up. Be your biggest cheerleader. 
Allow yourself the initiative to invest in knowledge, to invest in a skill, to invest in, you know, time for your business, time for your book, time for your journal, time to sew, to gain a hobby or a skill. Because these days, there is nothing off the table that could potentially be lucrative, that could potentially move into a business, that could potentially allow you to be your own, your own boss. So I wanted to encourage you, don't think of yourself too small. My favorite poem is by Marianne Williams. It's called Your Deepest Fear. And this is what it says. I'm going to read it to you because I I quote this very often. Um, I had in my office, I had it printed out because this is a reminder. This is exactly where I was. It says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Do you hear that? I might need to do a whole podcast on this poem. That's a thought. (laughs) So our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light and not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Marianne Williamson. Listen, you don't have to do this journey by yourself. You want to know why? Because I got your back. All right. Take care. Until next time. You have been listening to Frequency Check with Dr. Lacey, where we discuss what are you listening to? What are you absorbing? What has your attention and what is influencing you? Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you will not miss one of our episodes. If you like what you hear, make sure to share with somebody and don't forget to check the frequency before you accept it. Until next time.